Well, good morning, Woodville family. I am so glad that you've joined us today for this 9 a.m. morning service. And a shout out welcome to our many guests who have joined us from here in the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and even around the world. I want you to know, church family, we miss you so much. I wish you were here on site today, but I'm glad that I could be here on the platform sharing with you online. Well, we're in a sermon series, an eight-part sermon series that we're calling Clarify. And we're trying to find some clarity from some confusing topics in the pages of God's Word. Well, today is part five. And for a few moments today, I want to talk to you about what the Bible has to say about the call of God on your life. And I want you to know that God's got a call upon your life. It's a location. It's a vocation. It's where you are. It's what God wants to do in you and through you. Regardless of your age or your stage, God wants to use you. You see, in the kingdom of God, there is no retirement. So if we're in our 90s, or if we're a teenager or a child, God's got a special call on our life. Well, today, for a few moments, I want to take you to the pages of God's Word, to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I want to talk to you today about an amazing prophet in the Bible named Samuel. So if you have your Bible today, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 1 down to verse 21. And today I want to give you five truths or five principles about the call of God on your life from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Well, the first truth, the first principle is number one, is that the call of God on your life is precious. Don't treat it carelessly. It is so precious. I want to take a few moments to dive into verse 1 down to verse 3 of 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to learn that the call of God that is on your life is so, so precious. It says in verse number 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. You might remember that Samuel was a miracle child. His dad, Elkanah, and his mom, Hannah, were unable to conceive, and God gave them a miracle child. And they presented him to God in Shiloh, at the place where the tabernacle was. And they said, God, he's yours for all the days of his life. And I want to encourage you as parents, if you're expecting a child, to dedicate your child to God. Say, Lord, my child is yours for all the days of his or her life. But notice the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Samuel was working in the temple, in the tabernacle, probably doing some menial tasks like sweeping the tabernacle and making sure that the light is lit. And he's serving under Eli. His way of worship was serving under Eli. And it was a really dark, difficult day in Israel. The spiritual climate was dull. But here we see Samuel faithfully serving God right where he was. And I want to encourage you to keep faithfully serving God right where you are. Be faithful to God. The Bible says in verse 1, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. The word of the Lord was rare. I started to study that word rare, and I discovered it actually meant precious. 
It means don't treat it careless. And God wasn't speaking lots in those days. I actually think God was trying to speak, but people weren't listening to the voice of God. There weren't many visions. There wasn't much clarity, and people were, were living in a darkness. And sometimes we're in a dark winter season of our life, and it feels so frigid. It feels so cold. I want to encourage you that even when it feels like it's dry, keep on trying, keep on serving, keep on being faithful, even in those dry seasons of life. Look at verse number two. One night, Eli, this is the old priest whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. He's this old priest, and the Bible says that he could barely see. I actually wonder if the physical condition of his eyes was a reflection of the spiritual condition of his heart. He was so old and his eyes were dimming, but there was, there was a cutting edge that was lost and he wasn't clearly seeing what God wanted for his life. He could see the vision of God for his life. Someone said one day, vision is the ability to see God's preferred future for your life. And it's the faith to believe for it and it's the courage to do it. And Eli could barely physically see and spiritually, he couldn't see the clarity of what God had for him. And the Bible says he was lying down in his usual place. The place where he always laid down, he was, never changed his place, always the same old, same old, same old place. He was comfortable in that same place, almost like he was complacent. It's like he was in a rut. One day I read this quote, I love it. They said a rut is like a grave with both ends kicked out. There's not a lot of life when you're in a rut. And sometimes we can be in a rut spiritually. We can be complacent. We can be so comfortable. I believe God wants to take you. And God wants to take me regardless of our age or our stage. And he wants to put a fresh call of him on our life. And so the first thing I want to share with you today is that the call of God on your life is, is so precious. Well, look at verse 3. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. It's still during the night. And the lamp of God had not gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord in the tabernacle where the ark of God was. I want you to notice in contrast to the old priest Eli who had lost his cutting edge. There's this young man named Samuel, and he's in the tabernacle, and he's close to the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament is the place where God was. The presence of God was there. Samuel was close to the Ark of the Covenant. And I want to declare to you that proximity is everything. If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to be near to God. To hear, you need to be near it's like you need to be in the same room with God. You need to be close to God. And I want to challenge you, regardless of your age or your stage, stay close to God. Stay in his word. Stay in the place of prayer. When you're in the place of prayer, when you're near, you will hear, number one, the call of God on your life is precious. The second truth, the second principle I want to share with you, number two, is the call of God on your life is personal. You see, God's got a unique design, a unique plan for you, just for you. And he wants to do something special in you and through you. I want you to look for a moment at verse number four. 
And here we've got Samuel. He's lying down in the house of the Lord. He's near the Ark of the Covenant because when you're near, you hear. And it says in verse 4, then the Lord called Samuel. Did you know 11 times in our text, it mentions the word call? And here's Samuel. He's near the Ark of the Covenant. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. You see, God's got a personal call for you. Now, note this. When God called Samuel, he said, here I am. It's like Samuel was saying, I surrender to you. Here I am means I surrender. When God's got a call in your life, he's looking for you to surrender to that call. But the call of God on your life is personal. God's got something clear and direct just for you. You matter to God and he's got a personal call to you. But then there's number three. The call of God in your life is persistent. We're going to learn today that God goes to great lengths to get the attention of Samuel and to speak to him. So let's dive into verse five down to verse 10. You see, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel said, here I am. And look at verse 5. He ran to Eli, the old priest, and he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. I want you to picture Samuel waking up the old priest, and the old priest said, I wasn't calling you. Go back to bed. So he went, and he laid down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. He called him by name. It was a personal call, and Samuel got up, and he went to Eli, and he said, here I am. You called me. My son Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. God kept calling him persistently. Look at verse 7. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel knew God, but he didn't really know the voice of God. And I've learned in my life, there's something about learning to discern the voice of God. Learning to discern the clear voice of God. And that's what Samuel was going through. The word of the Lord not yet been revealed to him. A third time, verse 8, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli. And he said these powerful words, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So in verse 9, Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Those seven words are powerful words. Eli, who had lost his cutting edge, actually said something really wise to Samuel. He said, go back, lay down. And if he calls you again, say these words, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I want to challenge you to pray those exact same words to God. Speak, Lord. Speak to me. God sometimes speaks to me through his word. Sometimes he speaks to me through a sermon. Sometimes he speaks to me through someone else. Sometimes it's that still, small voice of God where his spirit nudges me. But I want to encourage you to say, speak to me, Lord. Your servant is listening. Would you say that word with me? Listening. One, two, three. Listening. In the ancient Hebrew, the word listening actually at its root means obey. Isn't that interesting? Eli said to Samuel, go back. And if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening or your servant is obeying. I want to encourage you to say, God, 
show me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want to do in me and through me, and I will surrender to it. And I will be obedient to it. You see, I've learned that the happiest believers in the world are those who have surrendered to the will of God and said, God, I will be obedient to it. So the Bible says, in the latter part of verse 9, Samuel went, he lay down in his place. Oh, look at verse 10. The Lord came and stood there. Wow. I want you to note this, that Samuel was laying there and God showed up right in his midst, calling as at the other times. And he said his name twice, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. God was persistent to get Samuel's attention. And God is going to be persistent to get your attention. I would encourage you to stay near to God because when you're near, you hear. I want to encourage you to posture yourself in the proximity, in the presence of God. Say, God, speak to me. Just tell me what you want me to do. Show me what you want to do in me and through me, and I will be obedient to you. I want to encourage you, regardless of your age or your stage, say, God, show me, speak to me, and I will do exactly what you want me to do. But then there's number four, the call of God on your life is profound. The word profound means intense. The word profound means great. And I want you to note this, that the call of God that's on your life, it's great. It's intense. Let's dive into verse 11, down to verse 18. Look at verse 11. The Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. God's speaking to him and he says, see, because God doesn't just speak to you. He shows you stuff that you will see. And he says, when I tell you this, everyone in Israel, their ears are going to tingle. There's going to be a sensation in their ears. They're going to feel it. There's going to be something that's going to be felt in Israel. It's going to be more than a spoken word to you, Samuel. You're going to see something, and Israel is going to feel it. Look at verse 12. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. Because God had already said that he was going to bring judgment to Eli's house, and now God speaks through Samuel. In verse 13, for I told him, God said, I, I told, I already told Eli that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Verse 14, therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrificing or offering. Verse 15, Samuel laid down until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. This was a heavy word. This was a profound word. Would you want that word? Would you want to be the guy that has to go to the old guy, Eli, and say, this is what the Lord told me. It was a tough word. And sometimes the ministry or the thing that God wants to do in you and through you, it's, it's not easy. It's like the person who feels a call to go to some remote, remote part of the world on the mission field to leave the comfort of Canada and sell everything they have and go to a place where they got very little money. But God said, go. Sometimes the call of God is not easy. 
Christianity is not meant to be easy. And I want to declare to you that this is not the season for us to get so comfortable, stuck in a rut. Remember, a rut is like a grave with both ends kicked out. And there's no life in a rut. God wants to speak something fresh to your heart. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's not easy. But God was speaking to Eli and God was speaking to Samuel. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. He was afraid to do it. Look at verse 16. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. Verse 17, what, what was it he said to you, Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it even so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So I want you to notice in verse 18, because here is a shift. Here's a shift in Samuel's life. Up until this point, he was a priest. Up until this point, he was serving under the priest, Eli, doing these menial tasks like sweeping the tabernacle and making sure that the lamp would be lit and serving under Eli. But now the shift is from priest to prophet. And God was saying, it's a new day. It's a new day, Samuel. There's something I'm going to use you in that's greater than what you've just been doing. And, and Samuel rises up in the anointing that God is on him. In verse 18, so Samuel told him everything. He didn't hold back. He shared everything, hiding nothing from him. And Eli said, he's the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. You see, it was painful for Samuel to share this, and it was profound. But when he was obedient, it was pleasing. And I want to declare to you today that when you are obedient to the call of God on your life, it is pleasing to the Lord. So let's not be so comfortable that we're stuck in a rut. Let's say, God, do something through me that's profound. Do something through me that is personal. Do something through me, God, that is precious. And when you posture yourself like that, God will be persistent to show you what he wants to do in you and through you. Here's a nugget of truth. God is more concerned about revealing his will to you than you are of even hearing it. And he will go to great lengths to reveal it. So just relax. Don't get so knotted up today. What am I supposed to do, God? Let God reveal. And then you simply surrender. Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And listening means I'm willing to obey. But there's one more thing. And I want to close this message with the fifth and the final principle. The fifth and the final truth about the call of God. The call of God, the personal call of God that's on your life. Number five, the call of God on your life is powerful. It really is powerful. And I want to dive in in these final moments in verse 19 down to verse 21. Look at verse 19. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. In chapter 1, he's just born and he's dedicated for all the days of his life. In chapter 3, he's just a young boy and a young teenager serving 
under the old prophet or the old priest, Eli, who had lost his cunning edge. And then he transitioned to be a prophet. And, and he's growing up. Watch this. The Lord was with Samuel. The Lord was with Samuel. And when you're obedient to the call of God, he's going to be with you every step of the way. It's not your ability. It's your availability. It's God's ability that lines up with your availability. The Lord is with you. I could say to you as a pastor for some 36 years, God has been with me every single day of my life. There's not a day I get up and wish I was doing something else. I can't wait to get up. I know that I'm living out the call of God that's on my life. And I'm glad that I was obedient to that call. And the Lord's been with me. Watch this. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. Now watch this. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. It's a metaphor. And the images of water being spilt. You ever knocked a glass of water off of the table? You knocked your coffee over and it's going everywhere and it's spilling and it's an accident. It's a mistake. And that's the metaphor that's being used. And he says, let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Let them not be careless. Let them be real and genuine and true. Now watch this in verse 20. This is where it gets powerful. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba. Dan's in the far north. Beersheba's in the far south. And it's an expression that means all of Israel from the far north to the far south. It'd be like us in Canada saying from, from, the, from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. We mean all across Canada. And when they said from Dan to Beersheba, they meant all of Israel. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. Verse 21, the Lord continued. I love that. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. It's not like God spoke once to Samuel. God kept on speaking to Samuel at Shiloh. God wants to keep on speaking to you. The call of God is ongoing. It's progressive. God wants to keep speaking to you and revealing to you and showing you. Every day is meant to be a dynamic, life-giving day in the presence of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Well, it's not on the screen. But I want to read to you verse 1 of chapter 4. Because I actually think verse 1 connects better with chapter 3. And watch this. And Samuel's words came to all Israel. As I wrap up this brief message, I want you to see Eli had lost his cutting edge. His eyes were physically weak, which is a revelation of his spiritual condition. But then there's young Samuel that's being raised up, and God used him in a great way. And by the time you get to the end of the chapter and into verse 1 of chapter 4, the prophetic ministry reached all of Israel. And I want to close this message with a prophetic word over you, Whitvale. Over every one of you that is watching what God wants to do in you and through you is so powerful. And he wants your influence to be greater and more far-reaching than you can ever imagine. Can somebody say amen? Well, I declare to you, Whitvale, the best is yet to come. And God's got a call on this church, Woodvale. 
And so we want to transition at this point in the service, and we want to share with you a little bit about the proposed building expansion and renovation of our children's wing. And we want you to open your, heart, your hearts, watch and listen. This is about 15 minutes long. And then I'm going to share a few final words. Watch and be blessed. Well, friends, in these final moments, I want to ask you a question. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you're ready for heaven? If you can't answer that question with a definite yes, whether you're here in the city of Ottawa, across Canada, or somewhere around the world, I'd have no greater joy than leading you right now in this prayer to receive Jesus into your life. So would you join with me today, dear Jesus? I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. I receive you in my life. And today, I say yes to Jesus. Well, I believe that there's many of you right now today that you prayed that prayer. I find it amazing that even during this COVID season, we've seen many people come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And we have an online follow class that you can sign up for that can help you in your new faith journey. And we encourage you to go to our church website and register for the follow class and let it help you in your new faith journey. And if you've still got questions about Christianity, you're not ready yet to accept Christ in your life, sign up for Alpha. Alpha is a great ministry we have here at Woodville. It's offered online and it will help answer your questions. Well, church, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And I'm so excited about that. I've got a sermon burning in my heart that I can't wait to share next Sunday on Pentecost Sunday. And then 6 o'clock in the evening is our all-church Pentecost Sunday prayer gathering online on Zoom, 6 o'clock. Make sure you register for that. It will be amazing. Now, men, I want you to listen to me. We've got a special men's event planned this coming Saturday, and it's online. And I believe it'll be a blessing to you, two men in our church who will be sharing about fatherhood. Go to our church website and register for that. Well, I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Church Online. Evelyn and I love you so, so much. We miss you. We can't wait for the day that we can gather back here on site. And I believe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I believe there's better days ahead. And we can't wait the, to the day when we can open these doors again and have more than 10 people here on site. But I thank you for joining us today. May the sermon today encourage you and challenge you because God has a call upon your life. And again, thank you for listening to the building expansion presentation and the renovations. Go to the church website, see all the details there, sign up for the town hall meeting and members, make sure you register for that special membership meeting. Well, God bless you. Have a great day. Have an amazing week. Bye for now.